I said I called a shot before I even shot it. I said I called a shot before I even shot it. Hey, hey, how you flexing with no money in your pocket? Hey, hey, how you flexing with no money in your pocket? Hey, hey, I could really rap. I'm just having some fun. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to Season Batman of Block Channel. Um, thanks for coming back and joining us for episode 21. Uh, and we're very honored to have our guest, Luis Cuinde, with us today um, from the Aragon Project, um, as well as my co-host, uh, Dimitri Ferguson. And we're back um, this season, uh, and our focus for this season is going to be people working on really awesome projects that are focused on helping to build, like, world-changing technologies. And so it made a lot of sense to bring on uh, Luis because uh, he's working on building a platform to help people build awesome things. So uh, without any further ado, um, Dimitri, do you want to introduce yourself real quick and then we'll jump into Luis? Yeah, sure. For anyone who hasn't heard an episode of Block Channel before, I'm host number 2D, also host number two of the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, it's good to be here season batman um i hope you guys are ready for the suspense because that's what batman does always suspenseful and as a you know uh, our cape crusader for this episode uh is luis cuende so luis if you want to give us your backstory you know tell us you know who you were before you became a crypto superhero let us know <laughs> let us know about your your background and you know how, how, you're, how you're qualified to be here today and and as far as I know, apparently it's pretty impressive. So just go ahead and just lay it on. Yeah, sir. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for, for having me here. So I'm going to start it with free software when I was like 12 years old, maybe mainly because I, I got bored of being, you know, in a school doing nothing. And so I got started coding. Um, and, you know, I, I really felt at home from the beginning, just coding in the open source free software community, creating different you know, Linux distributions and pieces of software so people could use them. And thanks to that community, I managed to to get a few products going and I was awarded as the best underage hacker of Europe under under 18 years old back in the day. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, co-founded a couple of startups that both failed. And and when, like when I was 16 or so, I, I got in touch with, with you know, the... Bitcoin, basically, and uh, in the beginning, I was pretty skeptic, like, you know, this has to be some kind of a scam or a sketchy mm-hmm. thing, until I actually read the white paper, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, everything everything started, like, making sense, and I co-founded also a, a company called Stampery, which does blockchain time stamping, it's, it's still going on and, and, and going great, and... Stamp- and after- Wait, Stampery? Stampery is that company that... Also um, utilizes Ethereum Classic too, isn't that? Am I am I right there? Yeah, yeah, that's okay, it. Cool. Has like the the plugin with uh, for like timestamp in Microsoft Office and Microsoft emails and all of that. Yeah, I saw that. That was really awesome, man. Good job. Yeah, thanks a lot. Well, it's just the the, the team working on it right now, not like working on the day to day, but they are they are awesome. Um, and so I, months ago, I I got out and, and created uh, Argon. And yeah, and that's kind of the, the story. I think, you know, I got in because of like ideological uh, reasons in the Bitcoin world first and now in, into the Ethereum world. Excellent. So now that you're in the Ethereum world, 
uh, tell us tell us what you've been working on. You know, you, you talked about uh, the Aragon project. Give us a uh, give us a quick um, kind of like breakdown elevator pitch on what Aragon is trying to accomplish um, for for people. Sure. So Aragon is trying to make decentralized organizations widespread, and we have started doing that by creating a very simple uh, decentralized app for people to create and manage decentralized organizations. Uh, so it works kind of uh, as you were managing a company. It has like a cap table. Uh, you can do voting. You can do governance. You can uh, have accounting. You can have like payments, all of that stuff that you do in, in a company. But you can do it in a decentralized fashion. And we're also working on solving a couple of huge issues with decentralized organizations, which are upgradability, making sure that you can stay up with the new versions of the smart contracts and decentralized court, making sure that you can resolve human disputes inside your blockchain organizations. And that's what we are building with the with the Argon network, which is kind of a digital jurisdiction that basically serves the, the Argon organizations with those services. Okay. I got a 17-part question for you coming up. <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. It's just it's just one question, but um, what I'd like to know is, you know, what what's the most exciting feature about your product? The thing that gets you the most excited about what you're putting out there for the people. Yeah. So, I think from my side, the the feature that I uh, like most, well, it kind of changes uh, from day to day, but like the the one that I like the most right now is the fact that you can create your own token and create, you know, its own functionality or whatever. And then you can wrap it, and then you can use it for governance. So we have quite a few organizations in the blockchain space, like Status, Zero um, X, uh, Digix, that are gonna have their or already have their own token, and they want to use Aragon to like wrap their tokens and give their token holders the option to basically govern and vote on decisions using their own token. Mm. So, so, I, so I like your I like your approach to like you know like governance here. And so what are your thoughts on, you know, creating, uh, you know, a token, a tokenized application um, that basically it does this at compared to, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like Tezos and that project where they're basically mm -hmm. trying to like, you know, create like a public blockchain specifically around like governance. Do, do you think the approach of combining all these tools like onto like, an, uh, you know, a, a blockchain um, uh, is, Makes sense, or do you think just like tools like these are are, are best? So um, what I think is that in the long term we are going to see different governance layers that are that are going to be huge. Like for example, in the case of the Argon network, we want it to be like the digital jurisdiction. We want it to have like huge network effects. But on the other hand, you don't want to end up with like a monopoly. You want to have like you want to end up with a monopoly in the like blockchain. Um, like layer, you don't want to have different blockchains because you know a blockchain is more secure as it has more network effects. But on the other hand, you want to have different, for example, like jurisdictions running on Ethereum. That's you know that's competition. That's pretty much healthy. Um, so what I think is that the, the governance layer should be built on top of the blockchain layer and and not the other way around. So mm -hmm. for me, I think Ethereum is is a pretty uh, neat and solid alternative. So in, in our case, you know, we're deploying this governance system and we hope many other follow and there is competition in the governance layer. 
Excellent. So, so I'll go ahead, Dimitri. I was just going to say, like, um, you know, governance tends to be a sticky topic when it comes to the cryptocurrency community. When you say governance, what what do you mean? Like, just ways for consensus to be to be built, or or what do you mean by governance? Yeah, like I would say, any kind of collaborative decision on where to take projects uh, is governance. So, for example, think about if you have a token and the supply can be changed by 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 the token holders. That's governance there. Or, for example, if you raise some funds and people can vote on deciding how to use them, that's also governance there. Yeah. Okay. Simple enough. Take it away, Max. <laughs> so <clears throat> what are some what are some other Ethereum projects um, that are currently um, going on? So you, you mentioned you, you mentioned like, you know, interoperating with like uh, Digix and things like that. What what are some other cool technologies that are like currently in the works uh, with Ethereum that you think could uh, Aircon could take advantage of? So um, one technology that we are uh, integrating with pretty soon and that I, I think is pretty revolutionary is ZeroX. Uh, mm-hmm. So the ZeroX project is basically building a, a fully decentralized exchange for for ERC20 tokens. And this is going to be very powerful for us because it will allow any kind of like company to basically economically abstract, meaning that the company will be able to operate in any token, not only in Ether. And this would be because in the future that may derive to, you know, use of a stable coin, for example, to have your Aragon organization using the DAI stable coin, for example. And so I think that's, that, that's like a killer application totally. And so um, also we are going to see like a lot of different tokens uh, and all of these tokens will be used for different things. And you don't want to have to care about that in the future. We don't want to mm-hmm. have to care about buying like, you know, a gazillion new tokens every single week. Um, so with these guys, you, I, I think you, you will be able to even like uh, interact with that. They will take care uh, of it in the background. So I'm pretty much impressed by, by the work they've been doing. And also, of course, Maker. I love Maker. I love the DAI uh, stablecoin they are working on. And I think it's going to be the holy grail of mainstream adoption for, for crypto. Oh, that's awesome. So... I have a question in, in specifically in regards to um, Aragon. Um, like, when, and when when you decided you wanted to, you know, move on from like Stampery and to start working on another project on top of Ethereum, and like, what 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 inspired the idea? Like, what what made you initially like want to work on this particular project? Because you know, I love the idea and I love the concept, and I definitely do think the uh, the space needs something like this that's very solid and robust in order to like you know like move forward and kind of like colonize like crypto in its own little segments and niches. So, 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 so where's the inspiration coming from? So it was actually like a very funny story because the, the first thing we, we did like Kirk and me wasn't Aragon was a different thing. And then we pivoted. We got started basically with a company to fight patent trolls, the guy that sue people with the stupid patents. Um, mm-hmm. And so we got started with it. We moved to the Valley for, for a while. And then, there was like a um, perfect storm of things happening. We we would chat with one of the uh, like leading VCs in the in the space, also that really hate patent trolls, and they were not very excited about it. And they said, yeah, you know, maybe five years down the road, we will be seeing like open source projects using the blockchain that are not like legal entities, so no patent troll can sue them. 
all of that, that was uh, during Square Ventures. And so that was kind of, wow, maybe that's the future. Maybe, you know, uh, we don't have, we're building the wrong thing because for from five years from now, um, companies will not be like legal entities in any country. And then mm-hmm. um, things such as Donald Trump happening the, the, uh, during the election was also pretty shocking for us when we were living in the, in the U.S. And mm-hmm. so I think it was kind of a perfect storm of uh, different things that made us realize that things are moving so fast and the switch to decentralized organizations will not happen 10 years from now. It will probably happen, you know, two years from now. Ooh. Yeah, that's an incredible foresight. I was going to say, like, now that we're going down this this rabbit hole of trying to predict what could happen, where do you see this whole cryptocurrency space going? Like, I'm talking grand scheme. You can go as big picture as you want right here. Yeah, I think we are, like, I think it's, it's getting mainstream in such a way that we didn't even imagine. Like, the world is crashing, the world is falling into into, into chaos with, you know, Brexit and Le Pen possibly winning in France and, you know, Donald Trump. And also, if we talk about Latin America, they've been in hell for, for a lot of time uh, with, with huge inflation rates and everything. So I think we are, like, going to see that, you know, people are going to start turning their backs on in, onto their, their leaders and mm-hmm. basically trusting math. And that's, that's wonderful, and I think that's really happening. So I think we'll happen so, 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 so fast. Like, everything in crypto happens really so fast and, and you cannot really predict anything, but I think maybe like three or two years from now, we will probably see like a lot of people uh, in the mainstream knowing about Ethereum, even using some Ethereum app, for example. Oh, I had a I had a random Uber driver start randomly asking me about Ethereum the other day in a car and like just randomly saying he had gone to a meetup and he had learned about it as a developer. And he doesn't, he hadn't owned any, he didn't know anything about it. Like he didn't even know why I was even involved in the space. He just was, he just wow. asked me out of the blue and I was like, holy shit, this is happening. I mean, I mean, also take it, take into mind, I live in San Francisco, but still, um, <laughs> that's like very interesting. It was like completely out of the blue. And I think it's, I think it's on people's minds. I think alternatives and sort of like, where do we go next is, is like, it's floating there and everyone's subconscious and it's going to like really bubble up. And when, and, and when the adoption starts and the ball starts rolling and it starts picking up steam, it's not going to end. And people are going to find that these alternatives are, are ultimately going to work out better for them and provide them a better way of life. Absolutely, yeah. And now, like, the world is going to hell, so we, we need them. <laughs> <laughs> the world is going to hell. We need them. <laughs> it's not going to go to hell. It's going to be saved by crypto. Yeah, we can save it. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then yeah. and then we'll, gonna... we'll be able to su- subsidize everyone's future, because <laughs> there'll, there'll be a lot of Ethereum-related oligarchs, and we'll just sprinkle some ETH all around the world, and we'll just, like, bootstrap <laughs> a bunch of people's streams. And then we'll all move to Mars. It'll be dope. You know, I've thought about um, this extensively, actually. We're going to have an autonomous government. And then we're going to have drones with tasers on them. Oh, snap. And those are going to be autonomous as well. Like, it's going to be intense. And we're going to have our own little country. Automated army. Boats with tasers, too. Because they'll need tasers. And... No, I'm kidding. I, I honestly haven't thought it through, if you can't <laughs> The future sounds very tasty, dog. I'm, I'm well, ready for that. No, no, no. See, it sounds violent, but it's actually a lot less violent than killing someone. Just tase the hell out of everyone. <laughs> so, I, 
I, I didn't know the future of everyone's problems was tasers. I mean, like, if, if that's the truth, then Elon Musk is going to make a lot more money than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically going to be my question in the future. Can I get a taser put on this? Can I get... <laughs> oh, uh, uh, speaking of tasers, that reminds me, Luis. Um, advice. <laughs> Uh, what what sort of uh, what sort of advice um, <laughs> would you leave uh, any sort of developers who are listening, or entrepreneurs, or people who um, you know are getting excited and maybe want to go out and, and, and do their own thing? You know, getting excited by uh, like what you're working on. What, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I think something very important that uh, it took me a while to understand is that if you are ideologically aligned to do something that's awesome but in the end like people don't really care about that so what we have to do is we have to fight our you know for our beliefs using economic incentives so like just make it very easy for people make it very efficient for people to use your product um also you know think about values and everything but just like deliver your product in a way that it's great for users and that they will want it otherwise like you know we end up in this rabbit hole of trying to explain what you know why freedom matters to people and a lot of people don't really understand that they just want to, to use the product um but we're going to still like you know dream about all the decentralization awesomeness we just have to communicate it all the way to people excellent excellent mm-hmm. that, that that's some great advice I, I appreciate that you're wise beyond your years very impressive um now now um dimitri did you have anything else do we want to ask this gentleman before we get out of here I did. I did want to ask you something. Kind of turn it back to your project and and what you you got going on with Aragon. So say I'm a I'm a user, and something that we talked about on our other show is like the vying for for a consumer's attention, and and how important that is nowadays. That you know attention is actually a commodity, and so when it comes to that, is you know what are the what's the great stuff for a consumer to look forward to when it comes to your platform your product how are you going to get that attention tap into that commodity so you you mean like how are we going to get attention from from users in order to use the product yeah like yeah, what's what's from like exciting individuals us? yeah okay so um if i if i go the i will try to to answer uh the question i um if i if i get it right so basically um use like what I what I just talked about, like making it very efficient for people to, to organize with each other. And so I think that's like we have to work on the design part a lot. Like um basically make it make it so 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 easier that it's like one thousand X easier than creating a like a business right company in like the traditional world. And so that time you automatically like catch the attention of people that would have to do a lot of bureaucracy and paperwork that is pretty much stupid. Uh, in the like traditional world, <laughs> so I think that that that's gonna be our our way. And also, you know, we we have worked on the design front for a while. I think we have like pretty uh, easy to use UI, and I want to keep doing that. I want like I want my mom to be able to use it. Mm. Okay. Well, if it makes you feel better or makes you feel good about it, uh, I downloaded the, uh, the the client that you had thus far um, for Mac. And I played around with it, and I was really, really impressed by like how polished it was. Like thus far, like that was like I was, I was like that's really good. Like I'm glad that you guys went out of your way to have a very, very solid, you know, decent, robust product before approaching this um, crowd sale. So you know, I wish you guys the best of luck on the crowd sale. You guys have definitely put in the work in order to uh, to get this far. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's kind of a must to have a, a product for doing any kind of uh, like token sale, or at least if not a product, like some something that people can like try it out because mm -hmm. it makes it so easy for people to figure out what you are building. Like, you know, you sow them and that's it. Yeah, that's that easy. That's right. Show them. Proofs in the pudding and then and then take their money and run. Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, thank you. Th thanks for coming on, Luis. And um, once you once you guys have like raised a bunch of funds and you guys have had the project moving forward, come back on the show and let us know what else is exciting in store. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks very much. All right. Well, you have a great day and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Bye. Guys. Right. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by Zcash. Zcash is a public blockchain with security and privacy at the center of its mission. Zcash utilizes cutting-edge zero-knowledge proofs to enable real cash-like privacy for your internet-related transactions. Zcash believes privacy can be compatible with social values and with good regulation and law enforcement. They wish to use their science-driven approach to ensure a privacy-first future when building next-generation applications atop of a public blockchain. Zcash has strong governance with checks and balances to ensure its long-term growth, possessing both an open, inclusive, strong community thanks to the Zcash company, with founder CEO Duco Wilcox at the helm, and Zcash Foundation, boasting members like Naval Ravikant from AngelList. Zcash provides another robust vision for bringing private payments to the internet. To learn more, check out the links in the show notes description below.